Hey guys, this week's podcast brought to you by Kent Cartridge and Fast Steel 2.0. I've been shooting Kent for over God, 15 years when I was in college. I had to wait tables and bartend just to be able to afford shotgun shells to go duck hunting. Nothing's changed in that time frame. Kent killed ducks then, and it kills ducks now. That's why I still shoot it. Fast Steel 2.0 is just the evolution of Kent's reliable, effective, and industry-leading steel shot technology. You can find it at your local dealer or uh, head over to kentcartridge.com to check out their entire lineup of shot shells. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into another episode of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by the good folks over at Mossberg Firearms. Thank you so much for being here. This is episode 609, the second show of 2022. Can't believe that uh, 2021 is in the rearview mirror. I'm glad that it is. I'd say uh, this year's going to be better, but... <laughs> If, uh, if the last two years have taught us anything, I don't know if that's true or not. But regardless, uh, there's no place I'd rather be than right here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. So thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure, a treat, and honor, as always. So I do appreciate it. Um, we've got a good one planned for you here today as you know something that I've, I've paid attention to a lot over almost 15 years of doing this is how many more women are getting involved in hunting because I think there used to be this stereotype that the man of the house would go out and kill wild game and bring it home for the woman to prepare and uh, that's probably still true in some households and I'm not saying that that's good or bad it's just the way that the world traditionally has been Men are the hunters. Well, in modern times, that's uh, far from reality as more and more women are taking to the field. And that's a great thing. Uh, And we've got a very special woman set to join us today. So, you know what to do by now? Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of that black rifle coffee into granddaddy's beat up old Stanley Thermos, the one he passed down years ago, uh, if it's still like mine. It's got mud caked on it from duck seasons that have come and gone. Uh, But set to join us today is a woman who certainly embodies that female hunter movement and one who, I think it was last year, might have been two years ago now, but uh, she'll tell us all about it. But anyway, she did this little thing, which was Arrow, the biggest white-tailed deer ever killed by a female archer. Uh, Yeah, and that happened up in Saskatchewan, a buck that she had a lot of history with. And there's a cool story that involves personal sacrifice, family sacrifice, employment sacrifice. I mean, the list goes on as far as uh, what Cassandra Agrand was willing to do in order to put this buck on the ground fascinating story and uh, I'm looking forward to having her share that with us here today and I think it's not only important to have Cassandra 
tell her story because of the women in hunting component, but also as a uh, as an adult onset big game hunter. I mean, it's not something that she always had done, yet she was able to seal the deal on a truly world-class whitetail buck with archery equipment, which really seems like a daunting task. And she did it on a property that she just asked the landowner for permission to hunt on. So lots of really cool components to how the story played out. And I'm looking forward to having Cassandra join us here in just a minute. So let's do this. Let's uh, let's take care of a giveaway. Uh, big news as Mossberg just renewed to continue as our presenting sponsor. Thrilled about that as it's just been a, a wonderful relationship. And that means we're going to give away some guns here in 2022. Not today, but stay tuned because we will be doing exactly that. However, today we'll do a Mossberg t-shirt, a camo Mossberg cap, a Nalgene bottle, and a koozie. So uh, a nice swag pack from our friends over at Mossberg. Just email the word whitetail. That's whitetail. The Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. And we'll throw your name in the hat for a chance to win the uh, Mossberg prize pack drawing. Uh, all right, let's knock out a quick break. Coming up next, it's a big buck tale for the ages when Cassandra Agran joins us from Saskatchewan right here on SCI's Lone Star That's Outdoor why God Show. Loves cowboys. I believe there's a place in his heart. Cause when the herd needs tending, Fences need mending, he knows they'll work hard on his great big ranch called life. Hey guys, Cable here, and if you're listening to this show, you probably like ARs. And I'm not talking about antler restrictions, I'm talking about, you know, ARs, modern sporting rifles. And Timber Creek Outdoors has the best way I've found to take your AR to the next level. It's the Enforcer Kit. It features high-end performance parts, and jaw-dropping looks. It's perfect for sportsmen, competitors, firearms, enthusiasts, and people who trust their lives to their equipment, like you and I. When combined together, these parts improve usability, as well as ergonomics, big word there, and dependability of any small-framed modern sporting rifle. Timber Creek products are manufactured by Americans in the USA, God bless America, and they implement uncompromising quality control and offer a lifetime warranty They've got a bunch of different color options, something for everybody. I've got a Hunter Green Enforcer Kit on my 224 Valkyrie. Absolutely love it. You will too. Check out the Enforcer Kit at TimberCreekOutdoorsInc.com. If you're looking to remodel your home, add a deck or arbor to the back patio, redo your fence, or build your dream home from the ground up, look no further than ECR Construction Group. My longtime bow hunting buddy, Josh Brown, is someone you can trust to deliver honest work on time. ECR Construction Group also serves the North Texas area, specializing in roofing, barn dominium builds, painting, and carpentry. So for your next project, call the folks I trust. That's ECR Construction Group at 214-400-1444 or ecrcg.com. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today. 
Lodging in the living room in Long John's More distant than Victoria to St. John's Trying to use a record to repair my heart I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to start again My friend You're leaving me high and Canada dry I'm out of your head and I'm losing my mind Listen to me one of my favorites there from the Bare Naked Ladies. That one, that one takes me back a few years uh, to high school, I think, is when they first came out. I'm old, uh, but anyway, Cable Smith here, Canada Dry, the name of that one. As we're about to head across the border, figuratively, anyway. I can't uh, legally cross the border unless I put that thing in my arm, which I'm not doing. So uh, until things change, sorry about you, Canada. And you know, the the big loser in the whole thing is Canadian Outfitters because there's at least half of the hunting community just like myself who are like yeah well i don't think i'm gonna get that shot or maybe i've got natural immunity or maybe i'm healthy and i don't need it so whatever the case is that's a lot of business that canada's government is taking away from hard-working outfitters and that's a damn shame but anyway uh, hopefully hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel somewhere in 2022 um this segment of the show brought to you by stealth cam and the DS4K Ultra, it is the best video quality that you're going to find in a trail camera. Hands down. It's the evolution of the DS4K. You can find the Ultra at StealthCam.com, but uh, get ready because that 4K technology is going to blow your mind. Guarantee it. All right, let's bring her on right now. Joining us from, I believe, somewhere in Saskatchewan, it is my pleasure to welcome bow hunter Cassandra a grand to the show thank you for having me I'm uh, excited to be here absolutely and you are jumping on from Saskatchewan that's right minus 22 right now oh my god it's 70 degrees here in Texas jealous <laughs> no I, w- I wish it was minus 22 here well maybe not minus 22 maybe like 20 we'd have some damn ducks to hunt but yeah they don't uh they're all in Kansas and Nebraska right now apparently yeah we still got lots of geese up here seriously yeah a few ducks too they might like this is the week they're going to take off like we've had above normal temperatures so what temperature does it have to get to for those damn things to fly south uh the water has to close up so right now because it hasn't been that cold like a lot of our bigger lakes are still open and our river's still open so when that starts to cool off and close up then they head south if there's open water they're on it okay and so what part of saskatchewan are you in i'm like south central so Okay. I've never, I've never been to Saskatchewan. I was invited with, uh, the folks from Mossberg to go on a greenhead hunt in October mm-hmm. and just due to like vaccination status stuff, I, I wasn't able to go. So hopefully all of that someday will change and borders will be open and commerce will be as far as hunting goes back to normal. Um, but I have been to, I've hunted bears in Alberta, yeah, mo- moose in Newfoundland and uh I did a trapline trip in British Columbia. So I do love Canada. It's uh truly a, a sportsman's paradise. They'll have a, a ton of wildlife and manage it very well. I don't I think I was like reading in this article that you're not a lifelong hunter. No, um, so I just got started hunting when I was 28. I'm 33 now, just turned in November. 
Um, I've always kind of been like an outdoor enthusiast. So like I was camping as a kid, we always went fishing. Uh, my dad hunted, but he had five daughters. So it was kind of like his time to get away from us. (laughs) So we never really went, like, I think we pushed Bush for him once, but my dad said with the amount of potty breaks that you girls took, I am not taking you again. (laughs) I understand that. Mm -hmm. I have twin girls that just turned seven. Oh yeah. So you get it. Yeah. They like to sit in the blind with me and I'm just like, okay, well, we're going to watch the birds today then because because <laughs> nothing's going to come in yeah. dad i got to pee again okay all right yeah. well, it's fine <laughs> i'm glad you're here but you know the hunting is now just uh, secondary fair we're, enough we're nature watching um yeah i got a six-year-old daughter so i know exactly what that's all about oh yeah yeah so you picked up hunting like you said about five years ago or so mm-hmm. yeah this will and, be my fifth year and so immediately into archery or did you play around with the rifle first? Um, so initially I I got a bow and I had a very uneventful first season. Um, actually the first thing I killed with my bow was a rough grouse at like Uh seven yards. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. It was super good. Um, it was obviously extra delicious because it was the first thing that I ever harvested uh, for myself. Um, but I was kind of starting to get down on myself and I wasn't really comfortable with having guns in the house because I didn't know a lot about them. And I was a biathlete when I was younger. So I shot like air pistols and 22s, but never any like high caliber rifles. So I thought archery is the way I'm going to go. Um, and then it was the last like week of the season and I was fortunate enough to meet my now partner and he took me hunting. And on the very last day of the season, in the last half an hour, I harvested an old bruiser and I was beyond excited and then hooked for the rest of my life. (laughs) Okay. So, and I want to talk about the deer, but I I have to, I have to ask, and this might be crossing some level of personal boundaries, but you don't just call him your boyfriend or like you, is that a Canadian thing where you identify him as your male partner? Like, I don't know Well, I guess we don't, we don't really, maybe if you're filling out like a job application, that stuff's not there. <laughs> I don't know. It seemed, it seemed weird the way you said it to me. I don't know. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, I don't know. I guess like we're in our thirties. He lives, um, like an hour and a half South of me. Um, uh-huh. we like, we hunt together. We're partners. We do everything together. Yeah. I guess we're boyfriend and girlfriend, but we don't like live together. And I have a daughter and he has a career down there. So, okay. Okay. Partners, awesome. partners so the, in crime, partners right, in life. Life partners right on. And so is, so is he the one then you said that introduced you to hunting? Yeah, he like, um, he is a phenomenal hunter, I think. And don't quote me on this cause I'm not hundred percent sure, but like, and what's he his has name? Bo Knutson. Bo. Okay. Cause and he's, you told me he's not really much for this type of thing. So and no. I did invite him cause he <laughs> yes. was instrumental in this deer that we're going to talk about. Absolutely. He was, yeah. um, he's like my hunting career would be non-existent and not at this caliber without yeah. Bo. Um, he is a lifelong hunter. He's been hunting since he was old enough to shoot a gun or hold one. Um, he has some amazing mule deer under his belt. I can't remember the score and I don't remember where it placed, but I think for Pope and Young, it's like third in the world. Oh my gosh. Um, and actually the year that I shot my big deer, um, he also got a book deer and it was a beautiful deer. It made the book typical and non-typical. He had been hunting it for three years and um, like we had the best his and her season, I think on the face of this earth. Oh my gosh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you had shot a deer the year before. Mm-hmm. When did you first become aware of this buck? Um, so I shot him in 2019 and I became aware of him just the year prior. So I had had him on trail camera. He was really cool. Um, 
very typical with a few stickers and flyers. Um, nothing, nothing. He didn't look anything like he looked the year I shot him. Uh, and then I didn't really get out for archery season. Cause at this point I hadn't killed a whitetail with my bow. I'd only killed a mule deer, um, and a bear. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't really super excited to go out for archery season, um, at that point for a whitetail in 2018. So I waited till rifle season. And then when we had him on camera in rifle season, he was all busted up. He was fighting a lot. So anything that was cool on him was gone. And we're like, well, you know, I guess we'll wait and see how he looks next year. He's not worth it this year. Um, so I ended up shooting a really nice four by four with like six inch brow tines. He was beautiful. Uh, but I was really excited to get out there and the next year and see what this deer was going to look like. So I put cameras out in June, which is a little aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so, but, but let me ask you as yeah. far as Saskatchewan predators are concerned, mm-hmm. you know, here in Texas and throughout much of the Southern, you know, lower 48, we don't have wolves. We do mm-hmm. have black bear. Mm-hmm. Um, but by and large, you know, coyote predation is big on fawns. Not very many mature bucks get killed mm-hmm. by coyotes like they do by wolves. I mean, some do was bucks won't run. They'll turn and fight and that's their fatal flaw. Those right. um, will run all day. Do you guys have a lot of wolves in Saskatchewan? Uh, Northern Saskatchewan. Yes. Northern Saskatchewan. We have a, like a, a large population of wolves and black bear uh, where I'm at more on the far farmlands, um, which is kind of like the more populated um, area of Saskatchewan. There isn't that I know of wolves, like they come down every once in a while from the forest or if like the snow falls heavy and they're having problems like getting food and stuff, they'll come down kind of more into the farmlands uh, to hunt and stuff. But it's not where I'm at, where I hunt mm-hmm. is not very common to see wolves. Um, we do have a very high um, coyote popula- population just because we have cattle and stuff like that. So sure, it's just sure. kind of inevitable. Okay. So you put out trail cameras in June with the mm-hmm. intent of hopefully capturing this guy pretty early on. Yes. So yeah, take it from there. Okay. So it was, I think June 13th and what do you think? It was June 13th. <laughs> I know this for a fact. And <laughs> we did the first card poll. It's kind of like, like, we don't go to church, but it's kind of like our Sunday church. We get in the truck as a family and we go check all of our trail cameras. And um, later in the year, we'll put out our baits and set up our blinds and stuff. So we all jumped in the truck and went down there and I wasn't expecting to see much like they're pretty nubby, still all velveted out and still growing. And I was clicking through really fast and I was like, oh, there was two deer in that picture. So I clicked back like four or five pictures and it wasn't two deer. It was the deer I was hoping to see. And he was just this massive blob of nubby velvet. And he, he <laughs> just looked massive already. And he was just like these two huge blobs of velvet. And it was insane. Yeah. And the, and so at that time, did he already have the, what does he have? Double drops on each side? Yeah. Well, he has four drops on the one side and two on the other. And did he, was, was he already showing those in June? Um, yeah. So it was really bizarre. Like I can't explain how it looked like it was, it almost looked like, I can't even explain it. It was just like this massive center blob with all of these other like bumps of velvet on it like it was so early still but you could see that he was going to be something wild like it wasn't a typical deer yeah at that yeah. time and so Bo sees this and i'm sure you both are excited at that point and then did you continue to get photos of him leading so, up to archery season 
Yes, absolutely. Um, one of the really amazing things about this deer is I probably have more daylight pictures of this deer than any other deer I've ever hunted. Mm. Um, or just in general, like, you know, you get to know the deer in the area when you're checking your trail cams and so on. And I have more daytime pictures of this deer than any other deer. He was on there at like, uh, an hour before shooting light and then at shooting light and an hour after and 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, and then last light. And then all night, like he lived there. Like it was wild. I couldn't believe it. And, and, and I how think big that, is the property. Um, it's a section and it's private land that I got permission on, but I'm not the only one who got permission on that land. So there, I think there's two or three other families that have permission on that one section of land. Um, well, we all kind of keep to ourselves. We know where everyone else is hunting and we don't want to mess anyone else up. So, so we kind a of section in where I live is like 640 acres. I don't know if that's real, like relative uh, to what I, I wouldn't know. up there. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to. It's like a square it. mile. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Okay. Okay. It's and kind so of that, weird though. Like how, how this is sectioned out. It's like kind of on a hill and there's like an old house property on it. And then it's cut off by a road, but yeah, essentially that's how much property there was, but I was hunting a very, very, very small little tiny piece of that section. And th these other hunters didn't have pictures of the deer. Yeah. There were hunters in the area that knew about the deer. Um, for sure there was, um, there was a gentleman on a neighboring property who had cameras up on the fence line and he had pictures of it. Mm too. So there was lots of people in the area that had pictures of it. Actually, someone even messaged me opening day asking if I would leave it for another year. So it could be a world record. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, thanks. exactly. I mean, we're all about let them, let them go, let them grow. But there, there is a statute of limitations on that. Like... Yeah. I couldn't pass up 246 <laughs> inches if I tried. No, my body no. would say no. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So the deer's very regular and what are the baiting? I mean, in Texas, we can bait, you know, I mean, we don't really have any anti-baiting stuff here. Mm -hmm. Um, we hunt over feeders with blinds and stuff. Uh, you're bow hunting. So talk about the baiting laws in Saskatchewan. And then are you hunting out of a tree stand or a pop-up? Yeah. So I had a pop-up ground blind. Um, I was, I had a pretty sweet setup. So I was kind of just like on the side of a hill and my bait was below me. Mm -hmm. So that helped a lot with, um, wind. Uh, just cause I was kind of not in the direct path and not on the same level as the deer when they were coming in. Um, yeah, so you can bait here. There's no, like, I guess the only limitation would be the amount of bait that you're allowed to bring in. I don't know the exact numbers. I always just make sure I'm well within whatever the law is. Um, so is, is it all just dumped on the ground? Yeah, that's all we, we can just dump it on the ground. I think it has to, maybe there has to be, um, like you can't put minerals right onto the ground. So you'd have to put them like on a tray or like dig out a pit with a, like a pit in it, just because you don't want to mix that in with like natural habitat. Uh -huh. well, I'm just putting down alfalfa and peas. So. Okay. So no, you don't use corn up there. No, we well, like corn isn't, um, grown a lot here. So we use a lot of pulses, um, okay. which are high in like the proteins and stuff that the deer like. So like lentils, peas, um, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And not like green peas, like split peas, like you'd have in pea soup, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, we do use a lot of alfalfa here. Um, yeah. So I use more alfalfa just to kind of extend the life of my bait. Um, let the deer paw through it a little bit. Um, I mean, it's expensive, especially this year with grain prices. Like 
what would have cost me a hundred dollars last year is three hundred dollars this year. Uh, well, I'd like to blame that on Joe Biden, if even <laughs> if it's not his fault. So, uh, okay. fair yeah. enough. I don't really follow American <laughs> politics, but they get a little too crazy for me. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, I have to keep a pulse on what y'all are doing because I'm like, uh, when can I go hunting in Canada again? Well, yeah, well, you got to hunt whitetail in Saskatchewan if you're coming up here for greenheads, and you got to get in a whitetail hunt. That's 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 on the radar for sure. <laughs> um, there's one. There's a hunt that has been offered, and yeah, just got to sort through all this vaccine stuff first. I hear that. We'll see if it happens. I don't know who's worse, Trudeau or Biden. Uh, both terrible, but yeah, that's not uh, why I invited you on the show. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and get into the details regarding this buck that you nicknamed Hobo. That segment brought to you by SCI, celebrating 50 years as the worldwide leader in big game conservation. They're doing it in grand fashion. This month, January 19th through the 22nd uh, at Mandalay Bay in beautiful Las Vegas. It's going to be SCI's biggest and best convention yet. I'm uh, looking forward to being there for the first time. Hopefully, I will see you there. For more information, head over to safariclub.org. We'll be right back with more from Big Buck Slayer Cassandra Agrand on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Stars start to shine by the same stars above you. I swear that I love you. Hey, y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch, here reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one of a kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. Hey guys, Cable here, and if there's one service, one company that I rely on heavily when planning my next backcountry hunt, it's Onyx Hunt. They have, for a long time, set the gold standard when it comes to giving me the information I need to basically predict where I'm going to find animals. And if you can hone in on where the animals are going to be, you're going to be more successful. Onyx uses their own topo maps, plus, I mean, geographical features like watering holes or a meadow system that works its way down a mountainside where you know those elk are going to be feeding and muleys in the morning and evenings. Yeah, it'll show you that as well. Uh, Plus, of course, private property boundaries. Where does the National Forest end? Where does Rancher Joe's property start? Yeah, it's going to show you that as well. So whether you're planning a backcountry hunt or just picking ambush points to hang your tree stands on your whitetail property, Onyx shows it all to you. They've got different layers you can apply to a a specific grid or a piece of property. It's really rad. And here's the cool thing. You'll save 20% when you order your Onyx subscription by using my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at onxmaps.com. 
Spawn is right around the corner. Your reels have been re-spooled and the tackle box is ready to roll. But the question is, can your truck handle another season of pulling your boat in and out of the water every weekend? Call David Boone at Third Coast Diesels. He'll make sure your truck is not what sinks your next fishing trip. Offering a widespread array of diesel parts and services, call 214-326-1176 or visit thirdcoastdiesels.com today. Indians of long ago Followed after buffalo And they found a use for every part Ooh, Everything except his heart And I have wondered like those Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. There's an oldie but a goodie. Pierce Pettis, Chase the Buffalo. Thank you so much for being here. As we are still visiting with Saskatchewan Huntress, Cassandra Agrant, and we'll get back into her Big Buck saga momentarily. But this segment is brought to you by Mossberg Firearms and the MC2SC. This is the evolution of their MC2 line of 9mm everyday carry pistols i've got it in my hand right now it is comfortable and here's the cool thing it's a double stack so i've got the uh, extended mag in can put 15 rounds in there or you can just put the uh the traditional flush with the grip magazine in and it uh that one holds 13 so check it out it's the mc2 sc from our friends over at mossberg firearms with that being said Cassandra, thanks for sticking around. Let's get back into the story of Hobo. In my part of the world, archery season opens up on whichever weekend is closest to October 1st. So sometimes it's the last weekend of September or the first weekend of October. What about in Saskatchewan? That year it was uh, September 15th. Okay. And were you in the pop-up opening day? Um, so what happened was I, been, I, was, I think I might've been living in the pop-up at that <laughs> well, point. Well, I wanted to, but if you get caught there with like your weapon after dark, then you could be charged. So not uh, a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, originally I was supposed to have the entire first week of whitetail season off. Um, at the time I was working at a combine dealership and obviously that's our busy season. Like we're coming into harvest and we're busy. Um, I told my boss, I'm like, look, this is a deer of a lifetime. Like I got to have this week off. If I like, I, if I don't sit for this deer, I will regret it for the rest of my life. Um, and so I was driving out of work Friday season open Sunday. And I got a text message from my boss and he was like, Hey Cass, like we, we got to expect you at work on Monday. Like we can't not have you here. So the only day that I had to hunt was Sunday and the wind was like the exact wrong wind that you don't want to sit. I wasn't going to go in if I had the rest of the week off that day, cause I didn't want to blow my bait up. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm contemplating stuff all Friday night, all Saturday, it felt like a million years. And I decided, look, if I only have one day to hunt this year and the wind's wrong, I'm going to sit it because you never know what's going to happen. Anything can happen. So I went out in the morning and I started getting busted by does before I even made it to my blind. And was um, there like instant regret at that point? You're like, Oh, this was not a good idea. Um, when, these do- when the does are busting you, are you like, Oh man. Well, I mean, like, yes and no, because like I said, if this was my only day that I was going to be able to hunt, I was going to take it. So you I went can't out and kill the... them from the couch. You're right. Exactly. Right. And yeah. it was dark out still when I was walking in, like it was pitch black. So I just thought, whatever, I had a long walk into my blind, who knows what's going to happen there. But I pretty much had to walk like through the field that they were out on to get to my blind. So 
after that morning, I figured that I was, I wasn't going to sit in the mornings at all anymore, just because there was no efficient way to get to my blind without um, blowing my cover before I got there. So I sat the morning, nothing came in. Uh, I sat that evening, the wind was wrong. I got a couple of does that busted me and I pretty much cried inside the whole drive home. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, but that, uh, that sitting that Sunday actually helped me because after that I came up with the plan cause I knew I wasn't going to sit in the mornings. Um, and I had totally blown my bait wide open Sunday. So I wasn't going to sit Monday at all. I was going to kind of let it cool, let it rest, let the deer get comfortable again. Um, so I went back to work on Monday and I talked to my boss and I said, Hey, look, what if I come in at like five o'clock in the morning, I'll stay till two 30. Cause it's still early enough. We get lots of sun. So sitting by, you know, three 30 is fine. So yeah. I'll leave, I'll leave work at like two, two 30. Um, it's an hour and a bit drive to where I was going from my work. And, um, I changed in the car, drove all the way there. And I was like, I'll hunt in the evenings only, but I'll come to work in the morning. And he mulled it over for a bit and agreed. So I didn't sit Monday. And then my next set again was Tuesday evening. Uh-huh. And uh, so it was a different wind than Sunday, Tuesday evening, but it was still not, not, not a good wind. But I, like I said, if I was going to hunt this deer, I was just going to put it in. He was on the bait all the time. So I just, mm-hmm. there was no reason to not, to not go. And you're all in. So this is a little, I mean, this is a little different because like I had a 20 acre place and I had a tree stand for each wind direction mm-hmm. and you're all pot committed. And, and that's not a bad thing. You know, you've got the buck coming in. Yeah. And he's coming in during daylight, you know, he's coming in. So just wait for the the right circumstances and mm-hmm. he should be there. Well, yeah. Right. So I, I completely agree with like having a setup for all wind directions. This specific location didn't offer that. Um, yeah. there wasn't the possibility to, to have it in any other way. Like the, the deer come from one way at that spot and they're going to one other spot. And so I could either sit above them or below them. Um, mm-hmm. and it wasn't ideal to be below. Right. just how the wind comes off out there. So, um, when I went back in on Tuesday, I, I tried to go in as early as possible. I taped up all of the windows that I wasn't shooting out. I used duct tape on everything. Everything was taped off. I had my ozonics going. I was, um, descented to the core. Like if I smell like anything, it was dirt. Like I did my darndest to make sure that I didn't smell like anything. Um, yeah, Tuesday I got blown by some does again. A couple little bucks came in. Uh, just, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't very promising. Uh-huh. Uh, Wednesday, however. Um, so this will be my, my third day hunting and my fourth sit. Um, we were, Bo and I were standing at the truck and kind of filming our intro and spraying each other down with, um, like scent killer and whatever else. And, yeah. both sprayed my front and back down and I sprayed his front down. I had turned him around and I was spraying his back. And then all of a sudden he started swatting at me and I was like, what are you doing? And he grabbed the camera and like put his hand up in my face. And I looked up and on the other side of this like ravine about 80 feet in front of me. And I don't know, on some elevation on the other side of this fence was my target deer. Wow. And oh, he, okay. <laughs> he was standing there and he stared at me for a minute. And, and, and he was like, you're going to kill me eventually. Well, the worst part about it is like, it, I was instantly enraged because I was parking at this spot. Every time I come into hunt, I was pretty much parking right on top of him. Like he must've been bedded down in that like little ravine that went through there. 
And I had never seen him come out of there. I didn't have cameras up there either. So I guess I wouldn't have known that he was there, but the directions that he was coming in on, on camera didn't give me any indication that that's where he would have been coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had no idea. And he was just, and I was mad. I was like, I was probably right on top of him every day. Like I could have just sat behind the truck and wait for him to stood up. Like, what am I doing? My hunt's ruined. Like, this is awful. So we quickly threw everything back in the truck. Um, we backed out of there and kind of watched where he was going, moved to a new spot to park. Um, and he actually stayed in like on, on the property. He didn't, he wasn't too spooked. He didn't take off too far when he ran away. He wasn't like frightened or startled and you know he wasn't, and I, blow, he wasn't blowing at you no no we were far enough away um like if it was muzzleloader season that would have been a dead deer but there was no way i was going to take a hail mary shot like right. up a hill 80 yards away um yeah. so bo and i discussed it and you know he was like well should we should we go home and i said well you know what like he's up he's on that bait every day all day like maybe he'll come eat you know, like, let's, let's cover up our scent. Let's get in there. Let's get quiet. Let's get those onyx on. Let's sit down and, and just wait and see. And, uh, that was one of the most promising sets. Like there was deer coming in that, um, were normally seen with him on trail camera, um, kind of like his little crew that he hung out with. And so they were coming in and no does blowed us and Bo had a nice little nap, and, <laughs> but it just wasn't the day. So his posse comes in and he's in my A. Okay, he saw you guys. Is no something's up. Um, I feel like you're getting close to killing this buck. So let's do this. Let's squeeze in a quick break because I don't want to have to stop when you're uh, firing on all cylinders talking about how the hunt actually played out on the day that you kill him. So um, let's do that. This segment was brought to you by our friends over at Lone Star Ag Credit. Land's the one thing. They're not making any more of it, but Cassandra wants it. I want it. You want it. We all do, right? If you're ready to make that dream a reality, you know what to do. Head over to LoneStarAgCredit.com. They've been helping their borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. They'll do the same for you. Again, LoneStarAgCredit.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. My pride intact, but you set my heart on fire before you gave it back. Hey guys, Cable Smith here for Stealth Cam. You know that I've been with Stealth Cam for a long time, and there's a reason for that. The cameras are reliable and they offer the best photo quality in the industry. Check out the reactor or the fusion. Those are the latest and greatest wireless cell cameras from Stealth Cam, sending images to the Stealth Cam app right there on your phone. It's like Christmas every day. Instant updates. Check those cameras. Get those bucks patterned. Or know when you need to be at a certain stand because the hogs are coming in, like clockwork. Whatever the case, check it out. You can find the entire lineup of Stealth Cameras cameras. <laughs> that sounds funny. You can find the ent- <laughs> you can find the entire lineup at StealthCam.com. Cable here for Big and J Whitetail Attractants. Few things are more enjoyable than to watch the kids put out the Big and J BB squared and then start beating dad up to look at his cell phone. Why? Because they want to see what bucks are coming to eat the Big and J. You can find their entire lineup of Whitetail Attractants at BigandJ.com. 
Tactical Skeleton Firearms specializes in custom AR-10 firearms. They're best known for their AR-10 308 pistols. Also, dual-caliber AR-10 rifle systems and dual-caliber AR-15 takedown pistols. Tactical Skeleton specializes in custom Cerakoting engraving, and they'll custom laser cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case. They'll also take on any exotic caliber build offered on the AR-10 or AR-15 platform. Precision machining and hand-built quality guaranteed by a lifetime warranty? Who does that? Get free shipping on your order when you visit TacticalSkeleton.com today. There's something nostalgic about the old-timey general store, and that's exactly what you're going to find in downtown Goldwave, Texas, at the Mills County General Store. They're licensed FFL with rifle, pistols, and shotguns, ammo, gun accessories, hunting accessories, deer, corn, and attractants, sporting goods. They've got a wide array of knives to choose from, plus insulated apparel for both work and camo for hunting season, fishing supplies. They've got foods like Anchor Tea, grass-fed beef, Dublin sodas, gourmet sauces, and a whole lot more. Also, Ace Hardware. From wall to wall, they have it all. Check it out. The Mills County General Store right there in Goldweight, Texas. Tell my brother and sister I miss them most. I bless them each day with the Son and Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, for letting me be set free. I may run with the devil. I may run with the devil. I may run with the devil, but it's never catching up to me. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Bart Crow, run with the devil there for you. Thanks for dropping by today. We're still visiting with Saskatchewan bow hunter Cassandra Agrand uh, regarding the buck she nicknamed Hobo. And uh, we'll hear how Hobo finally met his end momentarily. But first, this segment brought to you by Vortex Optics and my favorite optic of 2021. I'm talking about the Vortex Venom 5-25 to by 56 full focal plane optic. And its versatility is really why it shines. If you're looking for something that's great for low light or for long range, the Venom is the optic for you. And here's the cool thing. MSRP, $699. So you can probably find it cheaper. Uh, just ask your local dealer. It's the Vortex Venom. You can find it also, of course, at vortexoptics.com. All right. Well, Cassandra, where we left off, uh, Hobo had busted you trying to get into your pop-up blind. His traveling party still ended up coming into the bait. He was MIA, however. So when did you run into him again? Thursday, the next day. Uh-huh. And so is this when he finally comes into bow range? Uh, yes, this is the day that I harvested him. Um, I was getting super down on myself. I felt like this was an impossible hunt. I mean, it didn't seem like that you long. You can like... say the day that I killed him on this show. On okay, social sorry. media, you can't say that anymore. Like, I got, okay. <laughs> I got a uh, violation. Facebook jail? On inst- Instagram. Oh, yeah. I, and it, I, we didn't even kill the deer. It was a picture of a, a target buck. Mm-hmm. It's gnarly non-typical. And I was like, I, I let my son shoot this deer. And you kill, got I said kill. Or, I said shoot oh, or yeah. kill. I don't remember. Either way, the action hasn't even been committed. It was just the words. And they were like, oh, boom, you're in jail, man. You can't say that. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh. Anyway, you, you killed the deer. Okay. I killed the deer on Thursday. <laughs> awesome. That there actually go. feels good to say. But, um, yeah, I was, I was getting pretty low on myself. Like, I was under a lot of stress at work. I was like, I don't know if I was actually 
um, at jeopardy of losing my job, but I kind of felt like it, like I was putting a lot of stress on my coworkers. Uh, we were kind of mm-hmm. short staffed. We were in the middle of harvest. It was wild. And here I was in our busiest season. We're usually like, it's a blackout. No one can leave, um, leaving to hunt every day. <laughs> so yeah, um, I was under a lot of stress and I hadn't seen my daughter since, uh, Saturday, I dropped her off at my parents' house and I was like, Hey, like I got to hunt this deer. You, you got to go with grandma and grandpa. Like you'll have a great time. Um, and I, so I hadn't seen my daughter. I was stressed out from work. I was driving at like four 30 in the morning to go to work or sorry, four o'clock in the morning to get to work on time for five o'clock, working all day, jumping in my car at two o'clock, driving an hour and a half back down, changing in the car, just getting in the blind, sitting down, trying to lower my heart rate. So I'm not breathing heavy and like chill the heck out. And like the mosquitoes were awful that year. It was so bad. So Thursday, um, this is kind of a funny little part when I was leaving the truck, I seen my daughter slinky in the backseat and I kind of just grabbed it and put it in my pocket. I'm like, this is going to bring me luck. Mm, I was like, you got to get out of your head. I was like, you've prepared for this. Like from June, when I seen that trail cam picture of that blobby nubby velvet, I, visualized myself shooting that deer in every single possible scenario that I could like, I, I'm, I probably looked like a crazy lady. I was sitting at red lights, closed my eyes, drawing my imaginary bow back, watching that deer walk <laughs> in and, and releasing, like I had muscle memory on that drawing on that deer. I could have, I could have done it in my sleep. Like, if that's I had how... pulled up next to you in my pickup, I would have <laughs> looked at you and given you the thumbs up. <laughs> I wouldn't have seen you. My eyes were closed, <laughs> yeah. but like it honestly, and then I was even talking like, Hey, maybe I should go to, um, maybe I should I'd go ha- to Staples. And... You. Yeah. Like, hey, hey girl, you, you got this. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. That's then that's what we have. Like in the hunting community, we support each other. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I was even talking about going to Staples and get a life-size blow up of that deer to put on a to put on a bail for target practice. Cause I didn't want to freak out. Like I didn't want to get the shakes. I didn't want to, you know, lose my mind. So I studied his trail cam pictures. I knew every inch of them. Like if he walked in, butt first, I would have known his butt before any other deer. Like I oh, knew every impressive. inch of that deer. Yeah. Um, well also too, I think there's a lot of pressure like on, on female hunters or we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as female hunters to not mess up. Cause we don't want to be the girl that messed up, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not fair but it's probably no, true. but it, it is. And like, I mean, I've worked in a ton of male dominated, um, jobs like on the oil rigs and, you know, in agriculture and stuff like that. And it, it kind of is just a pressure we put on ourselves because we already are the girl, but so we don't want to be like the girl who messes up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I totally put in the time for this. So I was sitting there and the mosquitoes were biting my face and I, I hate bugs. I hate when they fly around my face. I can't stand the buzzing. It drives me insane. I get super bugged out. I get real itchy and like wiggly and stuff. And I was sitting there cool as a cucumber. I probably had like a dozen or more mosquitoes on my face and I was not going to flinch. I was not going to let my hand coming up and wiping mosquitoes off my face be the reason that I didn't shoot this deer. So like, I was not going to leave anything to the imagination. I just sat there like a rock. Bo was sawing logs beside me. He was snoring, sleeping, having a nice nap. It was a beautiful September evening. Um, and then it happened. So my legs were starting to fall asleep because I was sitting in one of those like fold out camping chairs that you take mm-hmm. camping with you or whatever. And I was like, well, this isn't good. If I need to reposition myself, I'm not going to be able to move. My legs are going to be asleep. So I kind of um, adjusted my butt and pushed back on the, on the back two legs of my chair to try to get some blood flow back to my feet. And I rested my head on my left shoulder and I was just looking out the blind and 
kind of daydreaming, trying to ignore the mosquitoes. And then I seen it. I seen the very end of his left main beam poke through some trees and it was on. So I punched Bo in the thigh. Like, I don't <laughs> think I did it hard, but I was pretty jacked up. So I might've yeah. <laughs> punched him a little bit too hard. I hit, um, play on my, on my text cam that I had, um, on my bow. And I told Bo to hit record and he came in like a dream. He came in perfectly broadside, um, inside 25 yards, had no clue we were there. No other deer. I think maybe there was a doe or something else and a fawn maybe that had come on the bait, but like nothing else. And I didn't give him any time. So like he came in, went, put his head down to take the first bite. And I come to half draw. I draw 62 pounds. Like I'm not, I'm not messing around here. Mama didn't raise no bitch. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So I come to half draw and he kicks his head up and looks directly at the blind. So I'm holding 62 pounds going, holy like what's happening right now. Did I just ruin this? And I'm at half, like I'm holding still at half draw, holding my 62 pounds. And then he like shakes his head and puts his head back down. So I come to full draw and I just take a deep breath in a deep breath out. And I let that arrow fly. I, he wasn't on the bait for 30 seconds. I didn't give him a chance to mess me up. He was broadside. I wasn't going to think about it. After I seen that first side of his, of his left main being come in, I never looked at his horns again. I knew that was my deer. I didn't have to see it. I didn't have to take a double look. I could look at him when he was on the ground. Um, that yeah. arrow flew and then my whole world shattered. <laughs> so, okay. And so yeah. the deer's name is Hobo. I call him Hobo. Yeah. As you named him prior to hunt, like prior to to killing him. Yes. I named him, uh, I think probably the, the second or third trail, uh, trail cam pole. He was the ugliest deer that I had ever seen. His, like his case. I'd like to shoot a deer that ugly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But just everything about him, like all the other deer had, um, you know, shed their summer coats, had their nice gray winter coats. And he was like bright orange with these weird gray patches. And he had some long, weird hair and some short hair. So he kind of looked like he had like a patchwork jacket, like I'm like a hobo, Uh like a homeless man. (laughs) And then he had all this junk coming off him and, you know, he still had lots of velvet hanging off because he couldn't get it all rubbed off. And um, like his four club drops still had like all the blood and velvet on the bottom of those. So he just looked like a mess. Um, so yeah. that's where I, he got his name. Uh, yeah. Hot, awesome mess. And so exactly you, you as soon as you let the arrow fly, you know, you've made a good shot. Yeah. He jumped like, I don't know, four or five feet in the air, both feet kicked out. Um, he took off. And that's when I started shaking. I started shaking and then I started crying and then I was like kind of excited and then not excited. And I, then I was sure of my shot, not sure of my shot. Like the, I, I was a, a mess. It was a that's roller what hunting coaster. does to us. It oh, twists that's us why into we <laughs> this roller coaster of ups and downs oh. and it's a wild ride of emotions, especially and it happens in rifle hunting, but it, it happens exponentially more with a stick and string i've i've found in in my career like a 300 win mag mm-hmm. a lot more margin for error than, oh for sure than uh you know a let's just say 125 grain broadhead that's right. uh got to be in the spot you know bullets gonna mess up a lot of other stuff that right. if that broadhead hits bone at a certain angle it's not gonna go through i've, I've had it happen with elk multiple times and that deer's not an elk but still it's a, it's a totally different mental game, bow hunting. 
in second. Well, even just being shot, like up like, that close too, like that yeah. changes everything. Like when, like I, the whitetail I shot this year, I shot it with a seven mil and I shot it at 500 yards. like you don't have you don't have that um, like emotional connection at 500 yards as you do at you know inside 25 like you feel like you could reach out and touch them you know yeah Um, which is essentially what my arrow did but so um, you are are you did so you're second guessing the shot then what happens at this point do you go back uh, and watch the footage with Bo or yeah so we were sitting in the blind and we were around the footage and we were watching it so this I wanted year, to say with your male partner, but no, <laughs> with Bo, we can call him Bo. He's my boyfriend, whatever. We've been together yeah. for four and a half years. I'm so. just giving you heck. Yeah. So <laughs> you and Bo go back and watch the footage. No, we're, we're still on the blind. So yeah, okay. we're, we're watching the footage in the blind and, um, Hobo like ducked my string at even inside 25 yards. Um, mm. because I had the height advantage, I think that's what saved me. So when I released, I don't know if, if I hit the blind or if something made a little bit of extra noise, but he kind of ducked down. So I hit him high, but because I had the height advantage, it went down into him. Um, and so we were sending to all of our, like our best friends that knew about this deer that knew we were hunting this deer. We we're sending it to them. Like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And they're all coming back. Oh, that's a dead deer. Like good job cast. Congratulations. Like you killed him. Like he's done. But then then it was kind of iffy. So we waited about an hour and a half. There was lots of daylight left at this point. Um, before we got out, just cause we weren't sure we didn't want to push them. Right. We get down there and like at point of impact, we had bright bubbly blood. So I got along that it yeah. was without a doubt. I lunged them. Yeah. So we were kind of following this blood and, um, I found my arrow right away, uh, which was a little, I didn't, I didn't get a pass through. So I was kind of hoping it would stay in him longer and kind of mess him up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I found my arrow and then we found this big splash of blood, um, like by a fence. And then that was it. We couldn't find any more blood. And Bo was like, I don't know, Cass, I don't know. So I stuck the arrow on the ground at last blood and I just kept moving it forward. Um, I was looking for like pin drops of blood and like Saskatchewan in September in like natural grasslands, finding blood in grass that is turning red, blotchy red is like a needle in a haystack. Like it is so difficult. Yeah. And, um, we had this same thing happen in, so South Texas is not because yeah. of the grass It's mm-hmm. because red dirt oh. and my son, the red shot dirt a, roads. I hear about those in country music songs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and my son shot a doe. Mm-hmm. And I saw him break her front shoulder with a 243. He's eight yeah. years old mm-hmm. and she runs off and she's running on three legs and she mm-hmm. stood up on both hind legs when he shot her and kicked back. I was like, dude, you smoked her. And yeah. we found no blood for like the first hour. And we found yeah. a good pool and then another mm-hmm. good pool. And then it was like, drop, drop, drop. And we can't find it in the dirt anymore. We never did find the deer. And, and well, and in dirt, dead. it's hard too. Cause it can roll in the dirt and then you don't even notice it. Right. It's disguised. Yeah. 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 But so, no, so you're, you're looking, well. pin, you're looking for pin drops. Yeah. And, and, um, like not to get down on Bo, but like, he was just kind of wandering aimlessly kind of just like, we're not going to find it. Like, that's it. That's we're done. And I was like, Nope, <laughs> we are not done. I was like, I need you to focus. I was like, I need you to get in the game with me. Like there is blood to be seen and we just need to mm-hmm. find it. Like if I hit him high, so like we had to wait till his lung filled up or the other one filled up and, or he filled up and started, you know, spewing blood out of that spot because I didn't get the pass through. So I didn't get that lower exit, um, where we would have got a better blood trail. So right. 
um, he was just like, okay, like, let's do this then. Um, so I was on my hands and knees for probably, and, and I was finding pin drops, like these little tiny pin drops. And I'm trying to be like detective Cassandra. And I'm like, which way did that splatter? Which direction is it going in? Like, yeah. is there, is there a directional splatter on this little pin drop? I don't know. But so once we kind of got, you know, like 50 yards of a trail, um, of blood, it, it kind of showed us more of the direction that he was going in. And at this point it's starting to get dark. Um, we got two cell phones and a headlamp that's slowly dying. Mm. Um, mm. so we're, I would say we're about 150 yards from, uh, ground zero. Um, and the blood trail is now like consistent. So he, either he started filling up or he was maybe exerting himself a little bit more and we get to this patch of willows and I don't know if we pushed him or what happened in the willows, or if he just maybe knew he was, you know, you know, it's time to meet the creator and he was going to, you know, pass out any minute. So he was kind of freaking out, but he weaved through these willows and we couldn't find where he went. Like there was this massive patch of blood all of a sudden. And it was like all this bubbly red blood. And then it went like left and right and around this. And then there was blood on that. And wait, wait, just... okay, so wait, just let me help me understand. <laughs> yep. So he was still alive when you got in there? we don't know. Oh, okay. But okay. it gets better. <laughs> um, Bo sat down and he was just like, Cassie's he's like, we got to back out. And it's pitch black at this point. And I was like, can we just sleep here? Cause like, you could hear the coyotes howling in the background. And I can was like, I don't want to sleep here. I yeah. I, I, well, it was <laughs> September. It was nice out. I was like, we can just yeah. sleep right here. Like we'll just sleep at the last blood. And then when it's like all the mosquitoes on my face, I wouldn't care at this point. It wouldn't right. have mattered to me. I yeah. would have got chewed up like a big old, I didn't care. Um, and he was just like, I'm not sleeping outside. He's like, no, he's like, we're going home. But keep in mind, like to the farm from there is like a 45 minute drive. Uh -huh. And I was like, I can't, I can't leave here. Like, at least if I'm here, I could hear the coyotes if they go at night and then I can find them before the coyotes eat them. Like I, I'm not leaving the spot. So a couple of our friends called and they finally convinced me that it was better to go home. And one of our good friends, Chad Morris, um, he was like six, I guess, four and a half hours away from where we were. And he was like, Hey Cass, he's, um, he's like, you guys, I'm coming. He's like, I don't care if I'm coming for a skidding party or if I'm coming for a search party. So he jumped in his truck. He like was going mm. the exact opposite direction when we called him. That's like and driving he, from Dallas to Houston. That's not a short little trip. No, there. it's not a short trek. Um, but he was like on the road in the opposite direction of us. And he like ripped a shit hook in the middle of the road and started coming for us. Cause he like, we showed him pictures. Obviously he knew what we were hunting and he's a, a big time hunter in Saskatchewan also. So he was just, he turned around and he was on his way. So Chad got there, um, Bo convinced me to go home. I left like a hat and a glove so we could find where we, like where the last blood was. And, um, you know, and it was the roller coaster all night. It was like one minute. I was sure of my shot. It just, he went a little ways because I only got one lung or something and it was going to be fine. He was going to be there tomorrow. And then the next minute I was like, I messed it up. I'm never going to see that deer again. Like, that's it. This, this is the, where the story ends. And it was just all night and the boys are just laughing at me and, you know, we were all drinking a beer and trying to, they're trying to ease my pain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they went to bed. I had a hard time sleeping. And then it was like first light and I am bugging these guys. I'm like, get up, let's go get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. And they were just like, leave me alone. Like we're tired. And I was like, get in the truck. I was like, we're going right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you anxiously get their asses out of bed and get them moving. We're going to knock out a quick break, uh, our last break, come back and talk about how you actually recovered this buck and then where Hobo stacks up all time when it comes to 
archery white-tailed deer. Uh, that segment was brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. Veteran-owned, they're America's coffee company, and for good reason. Unapologetically patriotic, they use the best beans, which means they're going to grind the best roast. Whether you want uh, a dark, a medium, or a light roast, I'm a medium guy myself. No milk, please. You can keep that. Black, as always. Uh, but whatever you fancy, they've got probably four or five different choices for you, and you'll save 20% off your entire order of not only coffee, but also their Black Rifle coffee swag, T-shirts, caps, uh, Nalgene bottles, all that stuff. You'll save 20% with my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at BlackRifleCoffee.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. The water's deeper, the wine works fine. The whiskey's cheaper, now turn it around Quick before your sun goes down Hey, hey, everybody, Cable here for Go Wild. If you're like me, trust me, these clowns have been censoring me for a long time. But if you're like me and you can't seem to make heads nor tails of what the hell's going on on traditional social media platforms like, you know, the one that, Zuckerberg owns. Well, let me tell you about Go Wild. It's a place where like-minded folks are sharing ideas, hunting tips, fishing tips, recipes, all that great outdoor content that you and I both love. You can find it on Go Wild. And here's an even better thing that they're doing right now. They've got an online store. And if you sign up, that's right, it's, it's a free account. That's, that's all you have to do is just go to a download Go Wild. You sign up, create your account there. You'll get a free $10 gift card to spend on Go Wild's outdoor gear store. Brands like Garmin, Vortex, Irish Setter Boots, Treason, North Mountain Gear, and many, many others. They're all right there in the Go Wild store, and you can use that $10 credit on anything you want. It's that easy. Sign up at downloadgowild.com. Take advantage of your $10 reward gift card, and uh, and you and you build points, too. Um, that's another thing. It's a, a rewards program. So the more you spend, the more points you get. You can find it all at downloadgowild.com, and I'll see you over there. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turduckin rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrisespecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. little Sean McConnell bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you. Thanks for sharing a part of your week with me. I do appreciate it more than you know. Hope the 2022 is off to a great start for you. Uh, we're still visiting with uh, bow hunter Cassandra Agrand here today. And uh, we'll put a little bow on the story of Hobo, amazing white-tailed deer that uh, when she took him, 
would end up, I believe, going number one all time in the whitetail record books when it comes to uh, female archers. And what I'm interested to find out, though, and I'll certainly ask Cassandra here momentarily, but did she realize how big this deer was before she killed it? But where we left off, uh, you had stuck an arrow in Hobo the day before. You, you knew that he ducked the string just a little bit, and the shot was apparently high. Um, Y'all called it off for the night. I'm sure it was a sleepless one for you, as you mentioned. And you're chomping at the bit to get back out there. Uh, begrudgingly, Bo and, and y'all's mutual friend wipe the sleep out of their eyes, and, and you guys hit the road. We finally all got our wits about us, and we got in the truck, and we went out. And when we were driving in, Bo seen some magpies. So when we got back to Last Blood, Bo kind of went in the direction that the magpies were. I showed Chad where Last Blood was, um, and I kind of just stood there. I was just like, I was here. Like I, I was right here all night last night and I couldn't find him. And I didn't know where to start. I, I kind of just felt defeated and was kind of just waiting to see what happened. And then about 10 yards to my right, Chad's like, oh, there's some blood here. And then he just kept walking. And I was like, what? I didn't see that blood that far before. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to that blood. And, and then I was standing there. I was like, well, now where do I go? And I was like, I'm just going to head in the same direction that he was headed, but just now like over to the right a little bit. And I shit you not. 15 yards from where I stopped looking, there he was. Really? I'm not wow. kidding you. 15 so he yards was from dead where I the night looking. before when you yep. left. Yeah. Yep. Wow. 15 yards, but it was pitch black. Yeah. So um, because like I like I said, I, I owe anything I know about hunting to Bo. Um, I seen him, I was about uh, seven or eight yards back, and I was like, Chad, because Chad was only like he was just right beside me. So, and he looked at me, he's like, what? And I was just like, Chad. And he's like, what? I was like, Chad. And he's like, no way. <laughs> and then he started yelling for Bo and I started yelling for Bo. So I waited for Bo to walk up on him. Mm, um, it was something awesome. that we did together. So, um, yeah. So I did have a question about that. Yeah. Go ahead. Bo's killed some nice bucks. Insane. Like bucks. Very accomplished archery hunter. Yes. When, like, how was it decided on who was going to hunt that deer? Um, do you want the PG version? <laughs> I, I want the rated X version of what went down in couples therapy to decide who well, gets enough. to shoot That's the deer. fair enough. I mean, like, it, it was probably exactly what you imagine it to be like if you were having the same conversation, like, with your wife or with your partner. But Bo, the, I think what saved me from this was Bo had a deer that he um, was hunting for the last two years that he missed. Mm-hmm. Um and it was in a complete different area, like two hours away from where this one was. And, um, he, he had his sights on that deer. Wow. So I think that, that, that gave me the grace for that, but it, uh-huh. he didn't let it go easily. So I had to fight for it. I said, look, at, cause at first I was, when I couldn't hunt the week, he's like, well, I'm going to see if like Chad or Ken want to come up, they can sit that bait that, you know, hunt that deer, like someone's going to kill it. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so it was the conversation where no, I felt I'm sorry, like I, Chad, I love you, but screw you, man. Exactly. That's well, that's, and that's yeah. kind of what I said. Like he's hunted with these guys. They're great guys. Like if anyone was going to shoot that he's deer, a great it, guy. He I drove would... four and a half hours to help you find it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like they're awesome. Honestly, like I, I think of Chad as like a big brother and, uh-huh. and Ken, like an uncle and, and they've been there and supported me um, throughout my hunting journey and, you know, words of encouragement and, you know, bits of information and just, you know, ex- peer acceptance, um, I, I love those guys. Um, but I was mad. I was like, listen to, here, bud. I was like, I sacrificed like 
um, time with my daughter and my career. And I put in the work, like, I love those guys, but they weren't here every Sunday baiting and checking cameras and, you know, taking their little girl down the hill so that we could get it done and like all that kind of stuff. So I was just like, no, like, absolutely. I said, you know what? I said, if that's the case, I said, when then you can't sit your stand for your deer, I said, I'm going to go sit it. And he's like, (laughs) well, well, and I was like, exactly. I was like, that's not going to happen. I said, if I'm not killing that deer, nobody else is. And then I think tensions were high because like Bo has hunted his whole life and he has put his entire life into hunting like that. If you took hunting away from Bo, Bo wouldn't be Bo. Mm -hmm. Um, So I get where he's coming from, like me just starting out hunting and, you know, you can, with the kind of old school mentality, like you need to pay your dues and and that kind of thing. And we discussed it and, and, you know, he came down to the point where he said to me, like, you know, Cassandra, like if I shoot that deer or Ken or Chad shoot that deer, um, he's like, it would be a great deer. It's still going to be a fabulous deer, but it's not going to mean and what it means if a woman, if you shoot that deer, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, you, you did put in the work and he's like, and I support you. And he's like, well, we'll get it done nice um so like we we did it did come together and i think he's also kind of just pushing my buttons i think he likes a little bit getting yelled at but (laughs) (laughs) i'm a very passionate woman like there's not a lot like if i feel wholeheartedly about something i'm not the kind of girl to sit back and and wait to see if you can figure it out i'm telling yeah i'm I'm gonna tell you (laughs) i think yeah i think i did read though that he had like almost scored this deer to and correct me if i'm wrong but didn't have a pretty good idea of what the deer would score like before i shot it yeah well i mean like we like i said like we sat there and like looked at trail cam pictures all the time we sent it like to our good hunting buddies and we had uh, a good idea of what it like that's typical frame scored the year before and then kind of just going off the other deer that were around it and uh-huh. like we had an idea and you and a pretty good idea that would be like a woman a woman's archery no, record. we didn't. No, we didn't look into that at all. Oh, so that comes later. Okay. Yeah, that comes after. Um, mm-hmm. We just knew it was an awesome deer. It was a cool deer. Like at that point, we weren't worried about books. Um, otherwise, we, we might have left it another year to be a world record overall, you know? Yeah. Um, like right now. Nah, the... nah, I'm not doing that still. <laughs> well, but, but you know what I mean? But you have yeah. to have that kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You have to have that kind of discipline if you want you know unless it's just going to jump out at you like some of the deer have like i mean like the hansen bucks for instance like that deer just jumped out in front of them you know mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i mean that that kind of stuff happens um actually the overall woman's uh record with any um any weapon was the tiffany weeb buck and she had killed it in 2018 the year before i killed mine and it was like two eighths of an inch bigger and she shot it with a rifle and she was just out hunting with her dad and, and it just jumped in front of her that's incredible. Yeah. So actually her and I talked about that a little bit. Cause I was like, you beat me like two eights. Like I would have had like overall woman's largest, but it's just the largest taken by a female archer. Uh-huh. But it, why I say just, but I mean like it is the. <laughs> just um, 240 yeah, just, something. So was well, it that's SCI. So SCI score is 246 and uh-huh. two eights. And then um, Pope and Young is 233 and two eights. Okay. So yeah, it, there's always deductions with Pope and Young and, and same with Boone and Crockett on bucks that I always think, yeah, you know, we should score the deer for what, it's what it is. really are. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to me that we're taking away points for more antler, but 
that's that's we're the going way it's for always symmetry been. there yeah right, it, is, right. it is what it is and then like yeah. for my provincial scoring system um, which is called henry kelsey here it's uh 237 even okay but it has so, like it has 77 inches of non-typical point so I, this is the only other thing that I, that I would like for you to describe for us mm -hmm. is walking up on this deer you, uh -huh. you found it your buddy chad's there bo's right behind you guys mm -hmm. was there obviously there wasn't ground shrinkage but what was how surreal was that experience walking up on a damn near 250 inch white tail deer? Um, it felt like at the end of a movie when there's just like this beautiful background and I could feel the like cool breeze on my face. And it was almost like there was this, you know, orchestrated music behind me and uh -huh. and everything else just was pause. Wow. Um, I hit the ground like as soon as I seen it, it's going to make me cry again. Like I fell to my knees. And I was just like, oh, I did that. Like I, yeah. I accomplished, a, I, I set a goal. I worked my ass off. I almost lost my job. I haven't seen my kid in a week. I'm beat. And like, this is it. Like I did it. And yeah. it was like, I will never forget that feeling for the rest of my life. I, what do you <clears throat> think it would have been like, like career wise, mm -hmm. family wise, like with your daughter, not seeing yeah. her if it would have taken two more weeks like what where when did you have when would you have reached your breaking point i would have reached my breaking point on december 2nd which would have been the last day of rifle season <laughs> <laughs> you sound, it sounds like you were willing to lose your job then <laughs> i was uh, and i had discussed that with with bo um uh -huh. like if it came down to that like what did that look like for us because i was willing to walk away from my job for that deer that's i mean that's incredible and admirable uh, on, on every level, you know, yeah, you, you hate to sacrifice family time, but that's sometimes that's, that's what you have to do. Well, you know, and, and I, and I, you know, I kind of thought like that first too, I was like, but who doesn't love, like, we all spent weekends at grandma and grandpa's house. Like she's not going to know any different. Like I feel mm -hmm. bad. Cause I'm, you know, kind of kicking her off to go hunt a deer, but she's having a ball. Like my mom's the greatest grandma ever. So I'm sure yeah. she completely, and the day I shot my deer, my dad drove my daughter down. Oh, that's and awesome. I had to go back to work that night. So like I, when we recovered them, <laughs> we recovered them, took pictures. Um, Dean Partridge from Canadian Whitetail came out cause I sold him my footage. Uh, he came out and took pictures for us and, um, got to be a part of that whole thing, bringing it back. And I jumped in my car covered in blood and went to work. That's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. What an awesome story. Um, and just the fact that you had multiple years of history, with hobo and the and him blowing up uh to it was yeah some four, six 46. drop tines yeah. yeah i mean just absolutely nuts um woman's like, world archery record yeah such an awesome deer um and i'm glad you put your foot down and said no bo this is that's not happening you know like <laughs> i love you dude but this is this is my deer yeah and and that's what it was but you know um like I said, I think he kind of did it to get a rise out of me, but and in the mm -hmm. end, it was a partnership. Maybe he and, did it to see how bad you wanted it. Like, you know, and that that could be it too. And uh -huh. he's not like that's why he's not on the show. He like he's not the talkative kind. He's yeah. like the strong, silent type, which is why he's really good to sit with in a blind. Yeah. <laughs> but um uh, -huh. uh I I know he's seen it in me. And when I shot that deer, you know, besides the feeling in myself of pride of what I had accomplished, like just knowing how proud he was of me. Yeah. um just added to the whole thing so. so how did that change your life or or did it um 
it did, but I, I don't think it did in the way people like expect. So just, just setting such, um, we all know that lady luck has to be involved in any hunt. You can prepare yourself from one end from A to Z have checked everything 10 times over. Um, and, and it doesn't, it's not up to you. It's mm-hmm. not up to you if that deer is going to come in or not. It's not up to you. So the, the mental challenges, the emotional challenges, um, the physical challenges, uh, just overtaking, like taking on all of that and overcoming it all and, and being successful. Um, that, that changed me and my perspective on how I view myself and, and my abilities to do anything in life. I mean, one of the reasons why I love hunting so much is that there is a lesson in hunting that you can take back with you, no matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you're just going out to change a trail camera that you have changed a hundred thousand times before. There's a lesson to be learned that day. There's a, some kind of a moment that you need to take with you. And there's always time for gratitude when you're out in nature. And it changed my life to know that one, I found the thing that, that makes my heart beat like the passion that I want to live in my life. Um, something that if I died tomorrow and I died hunting, I would be completely okay with that. Mm. Um, and I didn't have that before. Um, and that this hunt just solidified that like the very first time I shot a deer, I felt that. And this just was like, this is exactly where I was meant to be. This is exactly what I was meant to be doing. Yeah. It's, it's who you are. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And, and I was looking at your Instagram page. You've since then you, I think you've been elk hunting. I see a lot of like big musky photos on there. So Mm -hmm. you certainly embrace all of the, the hunting and fishing lifestyle. Uh, did you, where did, where did you shoot the elk? Um, so I shot the elk about two hours from my house. Um, I got drawn. So it's like, a <laughs> elk tags are like once in a lifetime. You might get twice mm. if you're mm. lucky. Um, that was a hunt that we put in a lot of time for like the moment the draw came out. So again, in summer, um, I was knocking on doors, getting land permission. It's hard to get permission for elk because there's only so many of them and they only go in so many places, especially on the farmland that like these farmers and landowners are sick and tired of getting their doors knocked down by all these hunters. So I didn't waste any time. Um, and I'm not going to say that I'm too proud. I brought my daughter with me. So I had this sweet little blonde girl knocking on doors, (laughs) asking for land permission, like, and I got all of it. Like there wasn't, there was one person who said no to us. Sorry. It's there. illegal. Yeah. It wasn't Saskatchewan. Isn't it illegal for you to pay to lease land there for hunting? Yeah. So you just have That's to get insane. the permission like, from, well, yeah. you know, I like it though, because it's I, insane I'm a single for mom. My, like, from my culture, like in Texas sure. where it's like, I'm, I'm going to spend $3,000 on a deer lease and, and not even think twice about it, you know, mm-hmm, and, but mm-hmm. in it, but where you're from, it's illegal. You can't pay for someone to lease their land for the purpose of killing wildlife yes and and i honestly i'm so grateful for that because like like i said like bo is my boyfriend my partner but like i'm a single mom we don't live together we don't share finances we don't do Mm -hmm. any of that so like the opportunity for me to be able to lease land to to hunt on would be next to impossible yeah. Oh, I'm not saying that you're, that that system's not better. That's not no, what I'm saying. It's I'm just, not saying it's worse either. Like it's, either a, it's just abs. It's night and day different, right? Like yeah. someone, a lot of people like, Oh, you want to come and shoot a trophy bull elk or a trophy white tail deer, a deer on my property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is where that you can leave your checkbook and I'll just fill in the blank check. 
Do right. you want to hear something super <laughs> wild that'll blow your mind even more than what the land, the land that I shot hobo on. I never met the landowner until this spring. Really? Yeah. That's <laughs> so incredible. two years later. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just that we crossed, like we, we contacted him all the time. And like, after I shot the deer, I called him and thanked him. And, um, you know, I said, I told him I was going to send him one of the magazines that I was in and, and just extended my gratitude to him. And, he's always like around, like he was down there, like mulling around on his property, pushing trees and stuff when we were down there hunting and we just never crossed paths. And then one day um, we were down there throwing some bait out and I was setting up my pop-up blind and tying it back to some trees. And he rolled up in the truck and he goes, Hey, you must be uh Bo Knutson and Cassandra Agrand. <laughs> I was like, Oh, <laughs> how's it going, Mr. Landowner? Yeah. But that was awesome. the first time we ever met. That's incredible. Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. And he's just a wonderful old man. He, he lives like three hours away from that property so he's not around all the time but uh-huh. um yeah I don't, like but you guys got some pretty cool laws down in texas too like my daughter knows that she's six like she can't hunt here in saskatchewan until she's 12 right um but like she says to me she's like hey mom like maybe after covid we could go to texas so i could shoot a deer and hey. i was like yes baby i was like absolutely we'll take you to texas absolutely for sure yeah mm-hmm. you don't have to really do anything except for buy your kid a seven dollar license yeah isn't that cool and just sit with her which is she sits with me all the time anyways like she loves hunting and her favorites she loves hunting um like migratory birds like she just gets a rise out of it like the last two years she's been in her own blind um but before that she would just sit him either in between mine or bo's legs um just give her a duck collar and a layout blind yeah in a layout yeah Uh so she just crawl up in there and stay warm and you just give her a call and she's honking away and (laughs) then when it's time to go pick up the birds well at first the birds were bigger than she was yeah Uh, but now uh now she's gaining on those geese so yes yes Mm -hmm. indeed well that is awesome you're raising her right there's no doubt about that thank you Uh, congratulations on the buck of many lifetimes Mm -hmm. hobo um y'all check out the pictures they're on my website instagram and if you would like to, and I would love for you to plug, uh, wherever folks can find you. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's the platform that I use the most, and I don't really use uh, social media all that much, much, but it's, uh, Sask underscore Artemis. So S A S K underscore A R T E M I S. Um, uh-huh. it's a public page, so you don't got to follow. You can just go creep there. It's all up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, y'all go creep. And uh, yeah, Cassandra, thanks again. Certainly enjoy the conversation. You're also you're a very good storyteller, too. So um, you That's never know. That's one of what my many gonna... talents. I like yeah. to talk. <laughs> well, and, you know, I've been doing this for a living for 12 years and and it's always a good conversation. But mm-hmm. the people that are, are really good at storytelling and passionate about the conversation, uh, it makes the world a difference. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, it's been a pleasure to be on uh, the Lone Star out, Outdoor Show and um, hopefully I can kill something big and you can have me back again. Uh, we'll do it. Make it happen. And uh, I'm sure that you will. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Take care. Thank you so much, Cable. Hey, have a good night. You too. Bye. Well, that was a lot of fun. There she goes, Cassandra Agrand. And uh, yeah, I was calling her Cassandra. So apologies, Cassandra. Um, I should have just gone with my redneck uh intuition there and and gone with cassandra but anyway um certainly enjoyed that that was a lot of fun hope you guys enjoyed it as well that segment of the show was brought to you by numa geared for the outdoors 
If you haven't seen the Alpha Vertex jacket and pants, you need to, especially if you're a southern hunter. I'm telling you, it's comfortable, it's quiet, and it's warm. And it's intentionally designed for the bow hunter in mind. And you can find Numa's entire lineup, including the Alpha Vertex, right there at Numa. That's P-N-U-M-A, NumaOutdoors.com. And check it out, 20% off your entire order with that promo code LONESTAR20. Uh, All right, we got to go, unfortunately, flat out of time for today. Thanks to Cassandra. Thanks to each and every one of you. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. And I